and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Hal, and with me here today, Rob, introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. My name's Rob. I own and operate a YouTube channel by the name of Shin Rob Jira, where I talk about figures from Japan and other places in the world. How you doing, Hal? I'm doing just dandy. Dandy as candy. Uh... This is an episode we've been meaning to make for a while now, and we're finally here to do it. Uh, no calamari in sight to stop us from doing it this time. Thank for that. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what a world I was living. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. The calamari's gone, Rob. It can't hurt you. No, it really can't. And I just want to say that Italian street festival betrayed by my own people, by my own cooking. (laughs) You gave me food poisoning. How dare you? (laughs) That calamari was definitely not like as fresh as they friggin' said because, oh man, it's like Niagara Falls. It was not fun. (laughs) And well, it's okay, you know, because like now, whenever uh, a problem approaches with recording an episode, I can just be like, "Well, we'll just blame the calamari." I'll I'll just say that from now on. Oh, perfect! Got to put yeah. that on a shirt. I blame the calamari. <laughs> I'd buy that. <laughs> Personal closeness to the situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> well. I'm glad you was well, speaking of Italian cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start off with a perfectly normal film today. You know, the, the past month or so has been nothing but Friday the 13th and Faust over here on too many movies. Let's go. Let's let's do something normal for once, Rob. Uh, please introduce our first movie today. So the first movie we're talking about is a movie from 1992 called My Cousin Vinny, which yeah. stars Joe Pesci, one of my favorite people in the world ever. And Mm -hmm. uh, just as like a quick summary of it, two kids get into the biggest misunderstanding in the world uh, down south and calling family or getting your phone calls. Turns out you got a cousin, Vinny, who's in law and man, oh, man, (laughs) (laughs) talking about possibly getting dealt like the worst hand in the world. Yeah, that's what this movie is. But, you know, we get there. We, everything comes out on top in the end. But mm-hmm. this is just this is um one of my favorite movies uh, from my childhood, honestly. And uh, mm. I don't mean to make it seem like I've got bad parents or anything. But this was a movie <laughs> I was watching as a kid after Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas and Disney's Pinocchio. And <laughs> and I don't know. It's just one of those movies. It's been in my life for so long. So. Finding out that you know, could do a podcast where I can talk about my cousin Vinny. It's just it's always a fun time and rewatching it again for the first time in God years. Yeah, mm, it, it was yeah. it was a no brainer. No brainer. Yeah, it, this is one that I can't say was a childhood classic of mine. I didn't watch it as a kid. I definitely watched it at a young ish age, but not the whole thing like obvious just like i missed like the first half um but it's a movie that like you know my mom has talked about i grew up hearing about it as like one of those films that like you know people love Mm -hmm. um but it's not one that i had like uh, that like i was closely attached to um so i would say this was probably my first official time watching the movie uh all the way through and i liked it 
I liked it. I had a good time. I think it's a very fun movie, a very entertaining movie for what it is. It's long. Mm-hmm. That I, I just like I realized watching through it, I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty long because it's like what over two hours or just just at two hours. Uh, it is 119 minutes, so yeah, yeah, so just on the cusp of of two hours, so just two hours. Then yeah, wow, mm-hmm. I didn't real I didn't realize that. I I would have figured this was like one of those hour and a half uh, long movies, but nope, it's nope. two hours, 120 minutes. Okay, Eat um, that early 90s uh, stigma. Everything's yeah. an hour and thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I will say I didn't love everything about it, but the things that people do love about it, I'm in agreement with. I think, you know, obviously the two main characters, Joe Pesci, Marissa Tomei, are fantastic. Like Joe Pesci is just such a good actor, man. Mm. He's so he's so funny. Like he's so even when he's in like more serious movies, he's so funny. Yeah. Like. Goodfellas, one of the all-time best performances of his, Absolutely. and even something like Home Alone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a movie where he gets to sh- show off, like you know, his strengths as a comedic force. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, Agree. Yeah, and then Marissa Tomei, man, sweet like, Jesus. Yeah. So <laughs> the thing is, like, when pe- like before I knew of the movie, or before I well before I had seen the movie this time around. You know, I kept seeing like people being like, oh, Marissa Tomei, Marissa Tomei, she's amazing. And I'm like, huh, why was she nominated for this movie? Because she did win Best Supporting Actress for this movie. Did she Um, really? I didn't know that. I I think that, yeah, like, I think that's like what is, yeah, it says on the back of this DVD. Yeah, I have this movie on DVD. This is why we're talking about it. Um, Marissa Tomei and her Oscar winning Supporting Actress performance. So, holy (laughs) moly. The DVD doesn't lie. Um. Which I thought was kind of funny because it's like, okay, this isn't a very Oscar Beatty movie. It's a comedy, mm-hmm. um, but she's still nominated. But you know what? It is an entertaining performance. Let me tell you, like when I think of supporting actress roles from 1992 movies that I've seen, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. But Neither. I would not, I would not disagree with Marissa Tomei um, as. Uh, <laughs> I would not disagree. That that's 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 the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> As Mona Lisa Vito, <laughs> Mona Lisa Mona Vito, Lisa yeah. Vito. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she was okay. she was fantastic in this movie. Other than being yeah. drop dead gorgeous, she was just in there. Well, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with the, that. Yeah. Like, I'm glad you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take the hit for that. Absolutely, sure. she was gorgeous in the movie, and. That's not the reason why the part is great, though. It's just she just seems like she got so lost in that. Yeah. Because they're from yeah. Brooklyn. I'm very city mm-hmm. adjacent. I grew up around that my entire life. And mm-hmm. dead on. I will dead. absolutely say that. Dead on. Dead Would on. you say dead on balls accurate? Dead on balls accurate. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that line gave me a good chuckle this time. <laughs> it's a good line. There's some really good lines in this movie, I must say. Um so, uh, yeah, I guess to start off, let's start off at the beginning um, with like, so the two boys are Ralph Macchio and uh, some other guy. I don't recognize the other actor's name, uh, but they are just driving through Alabama. They go to a convenience store and then hijinks ensue when like the police pull them over and they think they like killed the uh, store owner. Mm-hmm. Um 
Which at first I was like, oh, so it's a huge misunderstanding because like there's that scene where the uh, sheriff is like interrogating Ralph Macchio and he's just like, why'd you do it? And he's just and he thinks he's talking about uh, when Ralph like uh, like accidentally shoplifted a can of tuna Um, and he's just like, oh, man, it was a mistake. I didn't mean to. It wasn't planned. And I was like, oh, usually I'm not a fan of like misunderstanding like things that kick kick off a plot where it's like that like it's a like a big misunderstanding and people are being as vague as possible just for that one joke but like i don't know i feel like once once it's kind of over then like you know it's not that big of a deal you know what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. i don't know it's it's just something that's always kind of annoyed me like I will admit this movie does it better, like the whole misunderstanding, because like it, it does lead to some really funny interactions where you're just like, oh, they they don't know, but like, it's not the whole movie is the thing. Like, if it was the whole movie, it probably would be a lot more annoying, you know? Yeah, there wouldn't be an Oscar nom or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't That's have. True. It wouldn't have been this like completely unanticipated success that it was (laughs) yeah exactly exactly um i mean i will say i understand there's like that little misunderstanding but then they try it again like later on when um like uh vinny goes to see them in their cell and the other kid doesn't know that he's their cousin vinny (laughs) and and he thinks he's gonna like you know rape him in prison and it's just like Again, you already did this like misunderstanding thing. We don't have to have it again. I, I don't know. It's, it's one of the, it's, it's a scene that I get why it's there, but at the same time, it does kind of go on a little long, you know, just a little bit. And yeah, not for nothing. It is a bit heavy handed. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's your ass, not mine. I'm it's not trying ass, to jerk you mine. around here. And yeah, <laughs> it's like, all right. We we get it. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with this movie. I thought the beginning was a little slow. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm just like, it's not laugh a minute funny. Like, the, the, the situations these characters get themselves into can be comical. But I don't know. It was a little slow to get it started. Um, and even when Vinny shows up, like, I thought, oh, now things are going to pick up. But, like, even then things are still a little slow because they're doing that whole fish out of water thing because, well, they're New Yorkers, but they're in Alabama and we do things a little differently here down South. It's just like, uh uh-huh. We have a process that we have to go through. If you understand me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Especially that one scene. Like I like the grit scene sort of, but even then the grit scene is a little forced in a way where he's just like, what's this? And the dude's just like grits. He's like, grits what's that and he's like corn it's like oh it's yeah it's just corn like that doesn't seem that out of the realm of possibility possibility of eating like people eat corn like i don't know it was just kind of a weird it it does set up for later in the movie when he brings up the cooking time for grits that's a great scene we'll get to that absolutely but like the setup for it where he's just like oh what's grits as in like you don't know what corn is i don't know it's just it was one of those things where it's like that's something that doesn't make that much sense to me Um, no because i know what grits are i've known what grits were from the time that i was a kid so i don't know maybe maybe it was just like a legacy thing (laughs) maybe yeah i don't know but that's like assuming too much going into the mind of a character where it's like sure maybe he just doesn't know what grits are yeah exactly i do agree (laughs) heavy-handed 
Yeah, it's not the worst. I, I like when I have these criticisms for these for this movie, it's not like it detracts it so much so that like I did not have any enjoyment. Like I would say once we start getting into the court proceedings, which I thought I'd never say like, oh, that's when it starts getting interesting in the in the court proceedings. Um, <laughs> like at first when Joe Pesci's just like being a bit of a dickhead to the uh, judge at first. At first, I'm just like, oh, it's one of those stories. Like, ah, like the stuck-up, snooty judge has has his old man ways, but this is the 90s, man. We're cool. But honestly, what happens afterwards is Joe Pesci, like, his character has a realization where he's just like, no, it was a good learning experience. And I'm like, whoa, that's pretty cool, actually. Like, this character has a learning... Like, the character understands that there is a certain way to do things. And you actually see Vinny, like, kind of changes a character. Like, obviously, he still keeps his core character traits to him, like how he's, like, a big, loud, brash Italian man. But, like, <laughs> he still learns to become a very competent lawyer as the movie progresses. And he kind of, like, learns things. And I thought that that was far more engaging. And that's when, like, you know, the movie is at its best, is, like, watching this guy, like, kind of learn to become this competent lawyer you yeah. know while also being a loud mouth wise guy at the very yeah. same time like that's two worlds you don't normally see kind of coming together because yeah i don't know you hear wise guy you think all right it's a mob movie and yeah it's not exactly in a mob movie this time and no. i don't know even growing up that was always interesting just because you take him out of like the crime and now he's on the other side of that fence mm -hmm. where it's like okay he's also He's comedic in this movie, sure, but now mm -hmm. he's a practicing lawyer, like, yeah, somewhat. And to see him kind of go from fish out of water, not knowing really what he's doing, to becoming serious, but still tapping into, you know, what we would see in Goodfellas or anything like that, that's mm -hmm. probably like one of the bigger strong suits for his character in the movie overall. Because you get to see him be pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Aggressive in oh, a very yeah. legal way. And yeah, Joe Joe Pesci and aggressive go hit, go together hand in hand for sure. Absolutely, like I don't care what anybody says. What you, like he might be a short gentleman, <laughs> yeah. but if that dude looked me dead in the eye and said something intimidating, I'd probably lose two hundred pounds overnight. Oh, I I'm terrified of Joe Pesci is the thing. Like I would never want to mess with him. Like I'm no. I guarantee you I'm taller than him in real life, but like he would he would could easily kick the shit out of me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, one of one of my favorite scenes, um, or one of my favorite scenes early on, is like the scene where um, he and Mona go to like that bar, that dive bar, and because like that that dickhead like didn't give Mona the two hundred dollars that she's owed, mm. and so like he goes in there, and you think like, oh, he's just gonna immediately start beating the shit out of him, but he kind of uses his lawyer talk to like kind of talk to the guy and like and and just like they're just like talking to each other but it's like really intriguing the way he's talking to him like you either give me the two hundred dollars or i kick your ass or we can do a third option like you know he just he turns it into like a into like a an argument like a legal like in a legal way you know like it's yeah. really fascinating he effectively like sizes the man up too yes oh and yes that was just I mean, I don't want to like, you know, put a magnifying glass on, you know, just like a single scene or anything. But that's also one of my favorite scenes, just because he goes in there after we're introduced to him as a bit of a bit of a bumbling 
you know, New Yorker or whatever. Hothead, yeah. Yeah, and then he does that, and he does it coolly. He does it calmly. He's collected. He doesn't even, like, you know, like, square up or anything like that. It's just jargon. Yeah. And it's done in such a neat and composed way. It's like, okay, he might not be the best lawyer in the world, but he knows what he's doing. But he's smart. Yeah, it shows exactly. the character's intelligence. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's it, it's a great scene to follow up. It's a great scene to have after the first court scene where, like, he's definitely stumbling. Um, yeah. Just to show that, like, yeah, he's out of his league, but there's a small chance he might be able to get out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I also I also love that scene because he looks at the guy who's, like, in the crutches in the neck brace. He's like, what <laughs> happened to you? Get rear-ended? And the guy's like, no, I fell. <laughs> And then, and then he follows up. Did you fall in somebody else's place or your place? Mine. Ah, jeez. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a perfectly hilarious moment. Like, it's just, it seems like a non sequitur, but it's so in character as well. Like, it, it, it's just so good. <laughs> um, Yeah, but I, I think that, but like, there's other scenes that show like um the way he like, does know what he's doing like the scene where he's arguing with mona about the faucet or like the scene where he's like where he's telling um because then there's that scene later on where like ralph doesn't is like losing confidence in Vinny, and he's like look his his legal argument is like a playing card like he's showing mm-hmm. you like everything but on the, but in reality it's paper thin it's like oh that's yeah. fucking brilliant Fantastic. like holy shit another yeah. favorite scene where he just breaks it all down and yeah it was um, uh, Bill Gambini in the jail cell explaining to his friend Stan, it's like, listen, he might not be a lawyer, but he's a Gambini. He knows what he's mm-hmm. talking about. And then he dissected the whole um, magician act and everything. Yeah. Oh, he's prominent. He's got in his hand. There's a mirror under the table. It's like, even then, it's like, okay, you're starting to build a bit of like a confidence in his character just because, yeah. you know, He's he's a wise guy. He's a lawyer in training, but he's observant. Yes, he's extremely observant, so. and even that comes into play towards the end. But mm-hmm. I don't. It's always when it's focused on him possibly being incompetent and somebody coming out with information where it's like he's not. Yeah, maybe not in the legal sense, but as a person, he is absolutely not incompetent. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's it's a very uh, uplifting movie, I would say, in that sense, where it's like, you know, you may not know everything, but you're smart in other ways. Like, I feel like that's something more people should be aware of, like, just because you're not knowledgeable in one, like, area of expertise does not mean you're flat out stupid. Like, yeah. you have your, you have skills to... Uh, flaunt for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really like that playing card scene because that introduces us to because with the other the other kid uh, he, where he hires the the uh, defense attorney and oh, that's Jesus. that guy that guy is played by Austin Pendleton who was in the Muppet movie. I have to bring that up because I'm a huge Muppet fan. Gotcha. Um, which I thought that was like his one scene because he didn't show up for like a little while again, but then during the court hearings then he shows up again and you think like oh he's the defense attorney he's gonna like show up uh joe pesci's character but no no <laughs> far from <laughs> ladies and gentlemen of the c- c- court or whatever like he just starts stuttering the fuck out of his words <laughs> and i gotta give austin pendleton so much credit 
If that were me, I would not be able to keep a straight face because, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. He, no. He, he killed it. He absolutely, he absolutely killed it. Yeah, and exactly. He recoils by telling Stan, I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better. Yeah. He looks at him like, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I will say I at first I thought the subplot were like them trying to find places to sleep was a little weird because I'm like like okay you just you start waking you wake up in the middle of the morning because of that like loud whistle and then the train and then the owl and then the rain and it's just like okay but these are this is the countryside like I don't know it just seems it seems like kind of a weird um thing to focus on it does lead to a great punchline though where he we're like not to get ahead but like where he's just like oh, i'm gonna sleep in prison tonight so that i can get a good night's sleep and then it cuts <laughs> to like the prison at night and everybody's yelling there's alarms blaring and then he just like see him and he's like sleeping like a baby like that was funny like that there was a we that's the thing like there's some weird jokes but they lead to like great punchlines is the thing mm-hmm. in this movie Absolutely. um I will say when he's like sleeping in that one dude's cabin, I swear to God, it, that's the Evil Dead cabin. Like, I don't know. Did tell me I'm crazy if like I'm completely wrong, but like I swear to God that was the Evil Dead cabin. You know, I didn't put two and two together there, but now that you say it, I really wouldn't be surprised if it was because it, it's it, got that it same looks a look. Lot. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I might be talking out of my ass, but I swear to God, it must be. <laughs> well, now, um, now I got to now. Now it's going to bother me. Was it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, that's the, I didn't. I didn't do any research. I didn't look it up. It just looks a lot like the Evil Dead cabin. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that's going to be a thing where I'm yeah. going to have to look into that eventually and just see yeah. if that's the case. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Can we talk about the judge himself, played by Fred Gwynn? Um, Fantastic. Yeah, he he. So first off, I you again, he plays like the authority figure. You think is like this bumbling, like stuck up, like whatever. But in a way, like I like how the movie doesn't flat out villainize him. Like they give him like an angle where like he doesn't want to see Joe Pesci succeed. He's more so just doing his job, you mm-hmm. know, because like. That's basically what that's basically what all these characters are doing. Like the the guys they're going up against in court and the sheriff, like these are not flat out bad guys. They're just people doing their jobs. And I feel like that's far more engaging and a little more stressful to see with Joe Pesci, like actually struggling to like kind of work through the legal system a bit. Like, you know. If it was if they were like flat out villains, I feel like it would be less tense because it's like, okay, if he fails, like we know it was all rigged and like not like it wouldn't have mattered. Like he could have used all his skills and nothing would have it wouldn't have amounted to anything. Whereas like here, because these characters are not flat out villains, him like actually trying to figure shit out and try to get thing like try to actually prove this prove these guys innocence through the legal system is just it's a lot more admirable like when joe pesci when Vinny eventually like succeeds in the end yeah and not for nothing you look at this guy once and he's just imposing 
And yeah, it's, yes. it's clear that he knows that Vinny is kind of, you know, pulling his leg a little bit about his name, the whole nine yards. Like he uses the name of like a, a, a dead, a dead lawyer at one point. <laughs> Jerry Gallo. Yeah. Oh no, Jerry Gallo. He's dead. I'm Jerry Callo. Like <laughs> that was a long running joke. Well, not a long running joke, but that was something that they revisited a couple of times where it's like, okay, that's funny. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. But um, what was the fella's name again? Uh, Fred Gwynn. He was yeah. That's the that's the actor's name. He uh, was he was fantastic. Uh, he was yeah, Judge yeah. Judge Chamberlain Holler Holler. I think his name something is. like that. Yeah, Chamberlain, just like the Skeksy from Dark Crystal. Hey, look at that! Hey. <laughs> I made a Dark Crystal reference <laughs> with my cousin Dark Vinny. Crystal. Oh my god, that's another one. But, Ooh, it's my favorite movie. I highly recommend it. What did you think of the Netflix series? Not to go off. Uh, I liked it from what I remember watching of it. I've been meaning to rewatch it, like mm. trying to like, I, I really want to make like an analysis of it at some point. I just have not had the time to revisit it or get into it. But from what I remember, I remember it being a, a really good. So naturally, because it was good, that's why Netflix canceled it. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. That gets canceled <laughs> and somehow Big Mouth goes up to eight seasons, right? <clears throat> yeah. that. We figured out the formula. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're on to you, Netflix. <laughs> Fuck you. You better yeah. not cancel Scott Pilgrim unless it actually finishes everything up in its full episode. But anyway. Mm, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Judge Chamberlain. Awesome character. Love that oh, he wasn't yeah. a mustache twirling type villain. He was just a guy that wanted to do his job and he thought he had the wool being pulled over on his eyes, which he yeah. kind of was. But... You can I do see, like you can. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Yeah. You go ahead. You finish. Uh, you can see in certain parts throughout like the court and the, like the whole big spiel going on where he sees that Vinny knows what he's talking about. And it's not like he's outright like, you know, clapping his hands for him or anything, but you can tell he's impressed. Mm-hmm. And that's like a part of the character that I really do like, because, again, he's not just a villain. He's not yes. just some bad guy that you're supposed to hate. He's just some dude trying to do his job. He's trying to, you know, justice, justice, yeah. the whole nine yards. Justice. And I don't know. I always liked that about the character, other than the fact that he was scary. And yeah, yeah, and- like the, he was very tall. Like he had this intimidating height to him. I mean, not just like when he's on the actual like bench, like overlooking the entire court, mm-hmm. like even like when he's on the same level as them, he I mean, the dude, the dude is tall. Like, yeah. like, wow. And with Joe Pesci, it's like even taller because it's like, <laughs> God damn. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what was it? He was Judd from Pet Cemetery. So it's like, oh, oh yeah. I haven't seen Pet Cemetery, so, but Ooh. wow, I didn't know that. Oh, man. You got to watch Pet Cemetery. <laughs> I guess, no, I guess I do. The other thing I really like is sometimes the judge does have his moments of like, like foolishness. Like, there's that scene where, like, um, when Vinny's trying to prove like the woman's uh, the the, the woman's uh, uh, sight, and oh. so like he goes to the back of the court and he holds up two fingers, and Judge goes, "Let the record show that uh, Mister Mister Gambini's holding up two fingers," and he's like, "Judge," and he's like, "Oh, oh. sorry." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that was genuinely funny. <laughs> it was good timing too. Very oh, good such timing. good timing! Yeah, and just the fact that. The guy was suffering from pancreatic cancer at the time. Was he really? This was oh. his last movie, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, 
great performance nonetheless. Like, I didn't even know he was suffering from pancreatic cancer at the time. Wow. Yeah, he was only, I think, uh, 65, 6, something, oh, something wow. along those regards. But yeah, he he died, I think, a year after this, not too long into 93 that he passed away. But learning that he was suffering from that and still giving a pretty damn good performance is yeah you gotta give him credit for that right that that is huge man that's wow like good for him absolutely that's awesome that he was still able to give up give yeah give such a likable and good performance still like wow like nothing but credit absolutely yeah nothing, nothing but credit absolutely absolutely um yeah uh i guess we could talk a little bit more about like the actual court hearings like i don't know just hearing them try to figure out uh like like trying to figure out like what these uh witnesses are saying is actual bullshit is actually really interesting like Mm -hmm. and the way they figure them out like i said the grits uh reveal how he's just like so you mean to tell me you made grits in five minutes were these magic grits (laughs) (laughs) that's like it's it's again it's something that was set up earlier that the character realized and use that to his advantage. So, like, you see his intelligence in trying to figure this out. Oh, yeah. And of all things, grits. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, of all things. <laughs> out of the three things on the menu, breakfast, grits. It's like, oh. he asked once and he retained that. And he brought it right Oh, back. dude. The, the menu at the beginning, how it just says breakfast, lunch, lunch dinner. dinner. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we'll have breakfast too, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two breakfasts. <laughs> and and seeing Joe Pesci just take the fork and get a little bit of grits on his fork before he eats. It. Yeah. Just uh, I don't know. That cracks me up because he tries That's so, so hard just like the tiniest little bit of grits on the fork. Yeah, exactly. It's so good. <laughs> um I guess I will also say one thing that kind of annoyed me was the movie and so like you think like oh he's gonna do this by the book like he's actually doing everything he can within his legal rights to get these boys uh off the hook but there's still some illegal shenanigans going on because he does lie about who he is and like he's never really prosecuted for that no which i mean again it's a movie so like you know it is what it is yeah he's a hero like i get like it's it's one of those things where you can be like, eh, Hollywood magic. Like, does it really matter? Like, yeah. <laughs> does the judge um, ever really get that call back? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I guess not. <laughs> it <is. laughs> it's like he whatever calls the, and everything. <laughs> whatever that it, it worked out in the end. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, who cares? He was right in the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh. I don't really have that much else to say about the movie. I just, I liked it. I had fun. I can't say it's one I'll be revisiting as often as some of my favorite movies or even like my favorite Joe Pesci movies, but like, I still really liked it from what I saw. I still Mm. thought like all the good stuff is the good stuff. Like I laughed quite a bit at times. Um, Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to say before we get into this DVD I have of it on? Um, just that I probably need to get it on Blu-ray or DVD, whatever the, whatever, uh, whoever owns, uh, 20th Century Fox, I guess Disney now, which is weird. Wow. (laughs) I guess whatever they get up to, I doubt we'll see a 4k of that, but you know. Yeah. Well, 
I guess to talk about this DVD a little. So I have it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember how I got it. I probably just happened upon it at some point. But um, yeah, so I just I want to talk about this DVD because it's a DVD from what I believe like 2000-ish, like around the early 2000s. Um, because the movie starts with this really dated, really funny commercial from the early 2000s. Um, like if I explain it, you can probably imagine what it is, but it's like, it's basically advertising like a bunch of Fox 20th century Fox movies, like on DVD as if this is like the coolest fucking thing ever. Like (laughs) it has these, this early 2000s quick cuts, um, these flashing like transitions, um, and it's advertising movies like Fight Club, X-Men, Independence Day, The Abyss, like a whole bunch of like just movies from under like 20th century's belt. Um, and it and it's really fascinating just hearing them hearing the narrator be like Fox DVDs have director commentaries and deleted scenes and interactive <laughs> menus and DVD ROMs. And I'm just like, uh-huh. Wow. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> They're really trying to sell you up on this. Like, whoa, yeah. interactive menus. Yeah. I, that, like, I, will I, say. I do too. Yeah. No, no, it was, it was fucking real. It was really cool to revisit, but I'm just like, yeah, like these are cool, but this wasn't the peak of physical media. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Like it was just really funny looking and looking at it. Like it, it was quite the time capsule, I must say. And I oh, love how like at the end, like, and this commercial went on for like three to four minutes. Like it was a long commercial. Um, and it like at the end, it's just like Fox DVD video. Get into it, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> that's your tagline, huh? <laughs> Get into it, yeah. truly. The peak of immersive cinematic viewings. Yeah. Really yeah, trying so. to sell you on that director commentary. Yeah. All like as if that's yeah. Director commentary. I don't know. You know, it's fascinating looking back because we take these things for granted. Like, mm. especially the whole like animated interactive menu thing. Like, I guess nowadays we don't get those anymore. But like, wow, we really took advantage of those back in the day. Like we that really it was kind of huge when like an early 2000s DVD had like an interactive menu. <laughs> like, yeah. And the amount of creativity that went through it, too. I mean, yeah, the first one that comes to mind and I don't mean to show my cards real quick, but there was a DVD, uh, a U.S. obviously release of uh, Godzilla 2000. And oh. <laughs> when it comes to interactivity, like you would pick something and a missile would get launched towards like whatever you were clicking or towards Godzilla. <laughs> and then it, it, it was great. It, it yeah. was great. And um, CKY, I don't know. Um, are you familiar with the CKY movies? Bam Margera, Ryan Dunn. This was like oh. jackass. No, this was a little before my time, but please explain. <laughs> okay. So not only are these movies like legal entrapments because Jesus tap dancing Christ, there's like a million different versions of these movies but when they yeah. were finally remastered and put out on dvd there was multiple menus on these things and you would have to click around because there was stuff hidden in the menus like if you press mm. up instead of clicking play on movie a hardogram will pop up and it will be like this random segment that either they couldn't legally put into the movie or was just something that they thought was funny to include in the movie for those like the people who would mess around with the dvd menu and it's stuff like that that 
always got me where they like literally would have hidden content in the DVD menus and stuff. I only found out about it cause I had to Google it no. <laughs> because like the back of the DVD would say like, I don't know, like hidden content or whatever, how to access CKY one hidden content. And it's like, you had to print. It was like a, um, it was like a code for a game almost where right. you had to do something specific. And right. I missed that because now we just get, the two little like markers that come up at the bottom of the screen. Sometimes there's like a, or it just shows up and it's a lost art. It really is a lost art DVD menus that are interactive. Yeah. I mean, as I've said before, because you know, William has brought it up. Like the reason Blu-rays and 4Ks don't have like these fancy schmancy like menus is because like the files on the Blu-rays of these like nice looking movies are huge. Like, Mm. you know, it's a lot of pixels. Like you can't always fit in like as many interactive media as you can. Like sometimes it just is what it is. Um, And I mean, that's why like uh, I do this podcast so I can figure out like, okay, what movies am I okay with owning on 4k and what movies am I, am I okay with owning on DVD? Mm. And yeah, my cousin Vinny, I'm going to say I'm keeping this DVD. Like I was thinking about it because I wasn't like super passionate for the movie, but like mm. I it was a good movie. I had fun. I would definitely watch it again. And plus just to be reminded of like these early days when like, you know, movies could be put on such cheesy DVDs, like it's it's just so funny to me. Like I got to have it just for that time capsuleness to it, you know. Oh, absolutely. There's a couple yeah. of movies in my collection where it's like, do I really want to shovel out $30 for a 4K of this when I can just use this $10 DVD I got for probably $4 at FYE back in the day yeah. that yeah. has bring home the laughs, bring home the fun. <laughs> like just the fun. Yeah, just like all that <laughs> stuff that's attached to it. It's almost, yeah. it's almost like an experience in and of itself, just putting the thing into whatever you're using console. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, the other, the other, the the other good thing too, is that the, the case itself does not have a hole edged out into it. I I don't know if you're familiar with like Blu-ray and DVD cases that used to do that where they like edge out into the case, like holes or like, uh, like they'd put like the recycling logo, like in the case and they would like edge it out. So like it made it a lot flimsier and stuff. It was it's awful. Like it I bring is. it up as many times as I can to let people know because I fucking hate when DVD cases do that. It's so annoying. And then they work when you have them yeah. like in your shelf and you've got things like, you know, somewhat packed and everything. There's a couple yeah. of Blu-rays I have like that where the box is just totally like nothing. It's <laughs> it's like a it's like a 90s magazine that you would read when you were waiting to get your hair cut or something. Yeah. It's bad. Like it's so annoying. I recently so, had so to annoying. replace a copy of a movie because of that, because oh. the disc got a little muffed up too. Uh, it was hereditary, oh. ironically enough. And I, I got it on sale and it was one of those where it showed it had the slip case and everything, all this cool stuff. When I got it from Amazon, it was cracked. It was broken, but the movie still worked. And I went to go put in hereditary and uh, it didn't work. And I looked at the disc and I saw exactly why. And uh, it was a bummer. So now I need another copy of Hereditary. Yeah. Uh, it's so annoying. The, it should the, be getting an anniversary the, release soon. Oh. Still, 
Yeah, I, I hope so too. That, that'd be a good movie to have in the in the collection. But yeah, the the trials and tribulations of physical media owners, man. Jeez, the hoops you have to jump through. So many hoops. Back like, in the geez. day, I don't, I don't mean to sound like an old man, but <laughs> yeah, back in the please. day, VHS, uh, DVD, you had the clamshells, you had the sturdy boxes, even with CDs and cassettes nowadays. It's like, yeah. what did you make this out of? Biodegradable snot? Like, I didn't <laughs> even drop the thing and it already cracked. Yeah. Like, I mean, th- and at the very least, this is all like major studio stuff. Like at least people like Vinegar Syndrome and Arrow put like actual effort into like their physical media releases. That's so. why I love Arrow Video so much. Like, oh, dude! Whenever yeah. they like, whenever they announce something that I'm even a little bit interested in, I'll get it just because I know yeah. I'm getting the best that I could possibly get. Yeah, yeah, and Vinegar Syndrome. Got a shout out, Vinegar Syndrome. I have not ever Showgirls 4K, man. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> vinegar syndrome, you said? Oh, has William not told you about vinegar syndrome? He might have. I don't yeah. want to say he didn't because I know he'll hear this and message me and be like, Rob, I told you about this months ago and I'm going to feel like a dick. <laughs> he would say that. <laughs> he, I've known William for, I want to say, five or six years now. And <laughs> whatever I say, he didn't say something. He'll bring it back. Very, very quickly. (laughs) But I'm looking at Vinegar Syndrome now, and they have a 4K of Mother's Day, which I'm sold. I'm pretty sure these are the killer condom. Hey, (laughs) that's a winner. they, They have some great stuff on there. I mean, we've already talked about Showgirls, which isn't great, but I'm glad they put Showgirls on 4K, but they've also done, like, New York Ninja and Tammy and the T-Rex, like, movies I actually respect is such a big word, but I like them. Like, they're fun movies, so... Hey, yo, they got Gorgo on 4K? It's it's done. That does not... Yeah, that definitely sounds like something they would have, is Gorgo. Um, That's awesome. And yeah. shout out to Deaf Crocodile, which is like a partner label of theirs. I got Heroic Times from them. I can't wait to talk about that someday on the podcast. What's Heroic Times? It's this, uh, oh, it's this old animated film from way back, like 1983. It's a Hungarian animated film from the 80s. Um, it's the kind of animated film that animation is cinema motherfuckers would never watch in a million years, you know, because <laughs> it's because it's foreign and it's not pixar or dreamworks like you know it's actually like it's actually like a very mature animated film it's really fucking good i i love it a lot i've only seen it once but i love it a lot i it's an episode for another time i must i'll say that i'm gonna put it on my watch list on letterbox yeah please do i recommend it um because i'm all about getting cultured yeah yeah and this this was 85, 84? Heroic it was uh, 83, I want to say. I don't know. Mm. The the release dates might be a little weird. You, you know how, like, release years are always different for different things. Like, apparently Jason X was released in 2002, but Letterboxd says it was 2001, but apparently it was made in 2000. It's like, make up your goddamn mind, Jesus. It's also Jason X. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Jason X is uh, yeah, like you said, episode for another time. <laughs> well, I already talked about Jason X, so uh, that episode okay. for a different time was last episode. <laughs> oh well, geez. 
So Jason X, what 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 a good time, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it sucks on so many levels. <laughs> oh, it really, it absolutely does. Honestly, the only reason I watched that movie is because Kane Hodder is Jason. Yeah, That's but we it. love it. It's yeah. better than it's better than Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> well, getting food poisoning from Bad Kalamad is better than Jason Goes to Hell. Because <laughs> well, oh boy, yeah. Well. Speaking of Jason Goes to Hell, the movie about a killer parasite, uh, it's pretty, pretty amped, I must say, pretty, pretty apt comparison, I must say, um, because, Rob, yes. I know I said we were going to talk about a normal movie this episode, uh-huh. but we have another movie to talk about, and, yes. um, yeah, <laughs> what? so... Rob, when yeah. I asked you if you wanted to come on the podcast, I distinctly remember you saying, like, is there any limit to what I could recommend to be on the podcast? And I was like, thinking about it, I'm like, not really. I'm not one to like, I'm I'm not a prude. Like, I, I'm not going to be against anything that people recommend. Like, you know, because realistically, what are they going to recommend? Like, the most outlandish shit? I don't know. <laughs> so then you say, well... Can we watch a movie called Killer Pussy? And I went, yes. <laughs> so months later, uh, once we finally organized recording this episode, I finally sat down and watched Killer Pussy, or as it's also called, Sexual Parasite. And I watched it. And boy, howdy. You... you <laughs> You brought something interesting to the table, Rob. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, so please, you start the conversation. Rob, what did you think of Killer Pussy, aka Sexual Parasite? <laughs> sexual Parasite Killer Pussy is one of the greatest 60 minutes I have ever spent in front of a TV ever. Not really. So can I can I can I just like set the stage for how I found out about this movie? <laughs> Please. I really want to know, actually. Please, by all means. All right. So the year is 2008. And I remember this specifically because I was seeing a girl at this time who is really into like the indie, the indie scene when it came to movies. She was talking about stuff I never li- I never heard of. And this movie had come out the year before i guess at sundance it was a movie called teeth Mm. uh where it showcases a girl who suffers from teeth in her vagina basically as one does as one does and uh it was it was a comedy horror you know people i don't quite remember teeth all that well but i think people might have um wronged her to a sense so she seduces them into you know doing the dance of the sheet under the red moon or whatever. And basically she would bite their wieners off. And it was, it was something else. I'll I'll never forget this one shot of the movie where she's standing and it's a low shot and you just see her calves and you just hear, and you just see the tip of a dick just like fall down. Funniest thing I had ever seen. And that's the one thing I remember about this movie, but I was asking my girlfriend at the time i'm like how do you think of this and she was like well i heard that it was based off of a japanese film and she's like you like you like japanese films don't you i'm like oh yeah absolutely i'm a godzilla fan i'm like what was the movie called and she was like sexual parasite killer pussy ah 
and right for, to the point right to the friggin' point and that's actually when i saw it for the first time she's like do you want to watch it because i have a copy and i haven't seen it before <laughs> i don't remember how old i was in 2008 but i was probably not old enough to be watching half of the stuff i was watching at that time you know slasher well, films the whole nine yards well. <laughs> so we sit down i look at this dvd that she has and it's like is this even going to run on my dvd player and it's like oh yeah it's region free so we sit mm-hmm. down the movie starts and i'm gonna be honest with you i think i might have blacked out <laughs> because <laughs> all i remember at one specific point was just girls dancing around with no bra on there's beer there's dudes they're in this dingy looking cell and all of a sudden blood and nudity that yeah that was like honestly that's all you really need to discuss when it comes to sexual parasite killer pussy because that's all there is to it there's barely there is a story there is uh, somewhat but after the some loosest point, way possible yeah at, at some point it kind of just trails off but yeah as i was watching this i was not sober because i wasn't ready to re-experience this cinema my eyes weren't absolutely not ready for it but i i, I wanted to do a little bit of digging because obviously you know you want to learn stuff about the movie you're watching even if you hate it or if you don't <laughs> like it absolutely so I researched the director and uh, <laughs> I had found out that obviously he, uh, you know, this is something that he did. This is, uh, you know, he, he made uh, pink films as they're called in Japan, apparently. But I also found out that he was a writer for multitudes of Ultraman series no kidding yeah so it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy it blew my mind because i see that he you know he he did all all the stuff that he wrote and directed was just all pink films like we've got something called playgirls playgirls 2 shogun secret harem playgirl 7 what happened to three through six i don't know and (laughs) we've got a classic called big tit zombies and i'm like awesome what I else is that he done? to my watch list? <laughs> Hell yes. Yeah. And then I look writer in television, Ultraman Ginga S, Ultraman X, Orb, RB, Taiga, Z, Ultraman Decker. And I'm like, so you're telling me the man that gave a woman a giant parasitic sexual organ that attacked people is also responsible for 2014 to 2022 Ultraman. Wild. Gotta start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> why like this dude to his name from 92 to 2010 all porno like slasher movies like all that yeah. but yeah. as soon as 29 well technically 2009 but as soon as the 2010 2010s come around somebody watches sexual parasite killer pussy hey yo you want to come write ultraman for us <laughs> and here and here we are now a little bit of behind that this guy actually has two different wikipedia pages so i don't know if it's the same takeo nakano it would be ironic as hell if it was a different guy yeah oh wait they both have the same birthday never mind it's the same guy so (laughs) great i'm glad i could bring such 
groundbreaking information to this podcast. Oh, dude, that that just means that Buster has to watch uh, this movie now. <laughs> That's right. Buster, if you're Buster listening, loves Ultraman. Buster, if you're listening, <laughs> you have no excuse. You have no excuse not to watch the peak of cinematic enjoyment from the man who wrote Ultraman Ginga S to the guy who wrote Big Tit Zombies, <laughs> Boobs to Die For, Queen Bee Honey, Whore Angels, The Rug Cop. <laughs> it's like... Incredible. Uh, Buster, I can't wait. I can't wait for that review to pop up in my letterbox. Yeah. yeah. So... so that's my long-winded explanation. No, I'm glad you said that. That's very, very informative. Very good. Um, so now here's my side of the story. So yeah, you obviously told me to watch this. Obviously, you you sent me the link to Internet Archive to show me to because like that was like what we could find. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Rob, there were no subtitles, yeah. so I was watching this movie 100 percent blind, like. <laughs> I had no idea what the dialogue was, but to the movie's credit, I kind of understood what was happening because, well, you know, it's about a killer vagina. Yeah. And it kind of gets set up like your stereotypical slasher flick to some point. Yeah. So it's, it's not exactly highbrow storytelling. (laughs) No, no, definitely not. No, no. but the other thing too is that yes, it is sixty minutes long. It's not a very long movie; it's just an hour long. Like that's pretty short, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, but even then, like a lot of what it sets up, like it's pretty obvious. Like yes, it starts off like in the Amazon jungles, I believe, and there's like uh, these scientists. They have a styrofoam cooler. <laughs> that has a killer parasite in there and then the woman sits on it and it escapes the again the styrofoam cooler and it just goes up her butt in which case now she's infected by this killer parasite um yes that's that's all you really needed for setup and again even though i had no idea what anybody was saying i was able to figure out what was going on so and to the movie's credit that's all you really need to know because after that it's all just visual story yeah it's 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 evil dead with a killer pussy because then we're introduced to our supposed main teenager characters um because i had no idea what their actual names were i just called them uh i just associated like different terms for them so there was slutty girl tank top boy pirate lady goth chick and archie uh (laughs) so (laughs) So it starts off with them. Um, it starts off with pirate lady and goth chick taking a shit in the forest, uh, mm-hmm. and then they make out for some reason. Um, I don't know. Can can you explain this? <laughs> um, people have kinks. It's the director of Big Tit Zombies, right? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Boobs to die for. Yeah, boobs to die for. <laughs> That's apparently its subtitle. Big yeah. Tit Zombies, boobs to die for. But honestly, so, couldn't explain it to you. Nope. No, it's, a, it's you know what? It's, Again, it's, whatever. Yeah, it's so it's, then it's they find like this weird tunnel 
facility thing in the middle of the forest. Um, they just happened upon it just cause. Um, and then they decide to camp out there just cause. Uh, and then, yeah, then they start having sex just cause. Um, yeah. <laughs> the movie called the script, the 345 page script just called for it. Yeah. True. Very, very true. Um, <laughs> Yeah, slutty girl and tank top boy find a woman frozen in a freezer, and then they walk away and find a bathtub and forget about the woman in the freezer, and then the woman in the freezer comes to life, and, uh, well, actually, that's later on. Then we have the all-important dancing scene where the camera is just waving into every girl character's tits and ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, storytelling. <laughs> cinematic storytelling, that's how, you know, they're rambunctious teenagers who just want to have a good time. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so, so then slutty girl decides to take a bath outside of the tub. Like she's like lathering her, her completely naked body in soap outside of the tub. Uh, and then frozen lady finds her. And they have, they have, well, then Slutty Girl says something. Again, in Japanese, I have no idea what she's saying, but not that the dialogue is important because no. you just see two naked women in a bathtub. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing stuff. Yeah. So then Freezer Woman transfers over some creature to Slutty Girl, and now Slutty Girl is possessed by uh, uh, the, the killer parasite. Um, Parasite coon. <laughs> yeah. So then she starts making out with Tank Top Boy, and he starts massaging her tits and eating out her pussy. I'm going to be honest. The first 20 minutes are so gratuitous. Now, I know I complained to William by saying, Jesus Christ, this dude tricked me into watching porn. But like, <laughs> then I thought about it, and I'm like, it is called Killer Pussy. Why am I not surprised? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I remember, will told me it's like how's watching killer pussy i'm like uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> it's like that poor man's gonna find out very quickly <laughs> son of a bitch he tricked me to watching porn <laughs> a very weird porn on top of that cause... yeah well that's the thing is like i i knew there was gonna be some of that like I, when i see like these characters stripping naked and you just see their exposed tits i'm like okay yes I know what kind of movie I'm watching, but mm. when it goes on for 10 minutes of them just making out, massaging tits, like fucking each other, I'm like, I was promised a killer pussy here, guys. Can, can we get to the killing? Like, there's <laughs> a reason. There's a reason there isn't a plot synopsis for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, there is. It just explains the first maybe five minutes of the movie. And yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah. And to be completely honest, that's all there is to it. Like, Maybe there's a reason there's no subtitles. It's like, do you really need them? <laughs> there was there was a website at one point in time, years after I had seen it for the first time, where I would actually, you know what? It's a it's a down day. Let's watch Killer Pussy. And there was <laughs> subtitles. Granted, I don't think they were official subtitles because it kind of had a British inflection on them. Like, <laughs> I'm going to call my mum or something to that extent. And yeah. I wish 
I don't want to make it sound like I actually enjoy this movie for what it shows or anything, but I really do wish I downloaded it because the subtitles just made everything funnier because you yeah. can tell they're not talking in a proper manner, but the subtitles are like, oh no, I've got my willy out or something to that extent. <laughs> and it really, really just made it better. Yeah. It was like another movie within another movie, kind of like that yeah. anime ghost story. Mm. It was just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, after all the sex and whatnot, then like you get a uh, tank top boy putting his dick in slutty girl's pussy we get a generic chomp sound effect and then the movie starts. Now we have our killer pussy. Um, and the puppet is so terrible, but it is exactly what I wanted out of a movie called killer pussy. It's like, it's all like toothy and gross. And it's so obviously a prosthetic over her vagina, her real vagina. It's just like, (laughs) it's exactly the kind of stuff I was expecting. Like, it's so hilariously cheap. <laughs> oh, it really is. It really <laughs> it looks like one of those uh one of those cheap motorized model kits you get from like a dollar yeah. store for like yeah. a Gundam or something and it's yeah. obviously not officially licensed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but then I then I also credit. love yeah, oh yes, you got to give them credit. Like they it it's that that moment is when you're like, okay, they know what they're making. I know what I'm watching. This is a mutual relationship here. <laughs> like, <laughs> we know what we've gotten ourselves into. Um, but yeah, <laughs> now the movie's started. Now Slutty Girl leans down onto Tank Top Boy's face and the pussy chomps again. <laughs> just <laughs> she bites off his face. I love the chomp sound effect it has. It's just, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's like stock chomp effect number yeah. three from like yeah. the vaults. <laughs> yeah. And so then Archie, Pirate Lady, and Goth Chick, like, find Tank Top Boy all all mangled up, and then they find Slutty Girl. Um, oh, yeah, Goth Chick finds Slutty Girl, who's completely naked, and she's like, hey, are you okay? I'm assuming she says, hey, are you okay? Again, no subtitles. But then, uh, <laughs> then her pussy burps up tank top boys glasses and goth chick is like wait a minute (laughs) now hold on a second (laughs) and so then they start fighting and it's so awkwardly choreographed because again it's a movie called killer pussy and you have two naked girls like fighting each other it's like i obviously they did not choreograph like fight scenes here (laughs) that well (laughs) no they clearly got everybody into this dingy tunnel whatever and the director said all right your vagina just burped up a pair of glasses and this girl's gonna fight you and i'm gonna film it go at it (laughs) action (laughs) and the actresses are just like what's my motivation the director's like pants down what motivation This, your motivation is that this is going into my personal collection. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to get like a mom and pop shop like video release <laughs> at some point. Probably. But this was the part where it did click with me. Because um, like that's when Slutty Girl like transfers the parasite into Goth Chick. And that's when it hit me. Oh, this is just the plot of Jason Goes to Hell. Where you have a parasite infecting these characters. And I'm like, 
Oh no. <laughs> I thought I could escape it. Just when nope. I thought it was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> pulled me right back in. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, with, but yeah, yeah. With that uh, parasitical gorilla grip. Oh god, I want to put a gun in my mouth. <laughs> I just said that. Oh. oh dear god. Um, but then I, and then it cuts, then there's a scene where like goth chick finds Archie and they start having sex, you know, as you do, your friend is dead. You start fucking. And I love the scene because like, she's like sucking on his dick and it's framed in a way where like this bottle of liquor is like covering his penis. And I just thought that was just so funny. It's like, oh, this movie's gratuitous in every other sense of the word, but showing that dick, uh, we got to be artsy for this one. (laughs) Yeah, we really have to think outside of the box for this one, <laughs> for this shot right here. Yeah, which is funny because all their, his th- the director's thoughts are probably just on her box. Uh, more than likely. Yeah. More than likely. <laughs> oh, well, this is also the scene. So like, then they start having real sex and Pirate Lady runs in and Goth Chick turns her head and they added a filter to like, they added like an iPhone or Snapchat filter that like, you know expands her face and it looked like something out of a youtube poop but no it's an effect in the movie to 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 show that like she's possessed by the killer pussy but it's just like okay like we as an audience know that was that for the was that for pirate lady to figure out why and why that effect like huh (laughs) (laughs) it's very jarring isn't it yeah, it's like, it's like the gaping maw between your legs isn't enough, is it? Yeah, yeah no. And then Archie's dick gets bitten off, you know, because, again, a killer pussy. <laughs> um, rest in uh, peace, King. Yeah, rest in peace, King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, yeah. So then Pirate Lady stabs Goth Chick in the eye. Then Goth Chick pulls out her eye, and it's horribly edited because you can tell, like, it's just, like the eyes like kind of edited on kind of poorly, mm. but it doesn't matter because goth chicks eyes back in her head in the next scene with no explanation as to why. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, oh, and then God. there's a scene where like pirate lady, like, so pirate lady's hiding from goth chick, goth chick comes up to her, but then pirate lady jumps out with a metal pipe but because she can't actually hurt the actress, she like lightly taps Goth Chick with the metal pipe, and Goth Chick just goes down for the count, thinking she actually got hit. And then Pirate Lady's just, re- just like repeatedly hitting her with the metal pipe really lightly, so then she doesn't actually hurt the actress. But like every different cut to, to Goth Chick has her like get- getting covered in more and more ketchup to simulate the idea that like oh she's actually getting hit. I was like, what the fuck am I watching, man? <laughs> like, Isn't it I th- just the best, though? <laughs> it's so jarring because I'm like, okay, you'd think a movie called Killer Pussy, the weirdest thing about it would be the titular Killer Pussy. Mm. But no. <laughs> like, it's everything around it. Everything around it is so bizarre. Like... What the fuck? <laughs> but you see, that's that's the beauty of it. Like, whether you're downloading the movie, whether you happen across it at a video store or something like that, to which if you do keep it because 
Yeah. This is never getting re-released ever. No, but no. It's like you pick that up, you buy it, you you pay your dollar twenty-five or maybe five <laughs> bucks, who knows? You go home, you watch it, you're expecting something just truly fucking outlandish, and then you get weird face effects, you get bad editing, you get inconsistent timelines going on here. Girl you gets get the, eye ripped out, it's back you, in her head for some reason. You get the first ten minutes of nothing but gratuitous porn. Like I'm yeah. pretty I might be making this up, but like I swear to God there were certain scenes where their vaginas were blurred out. And I know Japan, like, doesn't Japan have like a law where like you can't actually see genitals in porn even in porn? Yeah. <laughs> I hate that I answered that quick. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, come, yeah, like I swear to God, like, because obviously you see their tits like bouncing and bouncing around like in every other scene. It's like, that's fine. But like when like the pussy and the balls are involved, that's when it's like, whoa, 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 man. And hold on a second. (laughs) That's too much. This is a a Christian production right here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It was just I man. And it's a fever dream. It, it really, is a fever it, dream. Like it's am a I, fever dream of a movie. Yeah, I. So and also so okay. So obviously, I get the idea that it's a sexual parasite and it has to go from host to host. But mm. I thought, okay, much like Jason goes to hell, the previous host would then die off, right? No. Nope. Apparent. Apparently, they can just like leak little bloody leeches that attack people. That's a power they have after they've been uh, affected by the sexual parasite? <laughs> like, what? It's James Cameron's Aliens, but with sexual parasites. Oh, it's genius. Uh, how could I have been so blind? I guess I was too distracted by the tits and the killer pussy. <laughs> well, not for nothing. Both the tits and the killer pussy are rather nice. <laughs> hey, I'm not denying. Yeah, I'm not denying. Not at all. But... I don't, uh, I don't know. Maybe they were hoping to get a franchise out of this. <laughs> well, the movie does end on a cliffhanger. Well, so as I said, so goth chick is being beaten by pirate lady, mm. but then she comes, but then she's not affected by the constant light tapping of the metal pipe and being covered in ketchup. So then pirate lady lightly swings a sword near a uh, goth chick's stomach, causing her insides to explode out of her. Um, and then pirate lady strangles goth chick with her own intestines. And (laughs) then pirate lady grabs an exposed electrical wire of some sort and sticks it in the creature's mouth. And that defeats goth chick and the killer pussy. (laughs) So, um, but then the director was inspired by deep blue sea in that because a shark was killed off exactly that way. No you gotta kidding. give him credit. He's paying tribute to the greats here. I mean, I haven't seen Deep Blue Sea, but now I know. Now, now I know to give this movie the respect it deserves. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but we're not done yet because then Pirate Lady escapes. She finds a, a guy driving a minivan, and she jumps into it. And it's implied that the killer pussy is in her vagina now. Uh, setting up a sequel with Pirate Lady, you're not because the movie that never got a sequel. As far as I know, I mean, I don't know. Did, was there ever a Killer Pussy cinematic universe? There was not. 
this was made, I believe, in 2004. I think the guy... Wait, now now I need to be sure. I need to be sure. <laughs> Hold on. I, I, can't, I can't miscommunicate this man. No. So it was Sexual Parasite Killer Pussy. The very next year was a lovely little tale by the name of Miko Shurehan Gekijo Nama Shibori Super DX. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> he only went on to make two more movies after that. 2009's uh, Runaway Classic, Hop, Step, Jump. Sure. And then 2010's Magnum Opus, Big Tit Zombies, Booth is to Die For. So. I mean, if that so that was his last movie, his last Magnum Opus before moving on to Ultraman? <laughs> uh, that was as he was doing Ultraman, actually, oh. I think. Because uh, Big Tit Zombies was 2010. Uh, I just closed out the wrong page. Ooh, yikes. Um, hold on. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but, uh, it seems like as he was doing, like, like probably around the same time he was filming Big Tit Zombies, he, he probably had Subaraya Productions on the phone. Like, yeah, I'll write you an Ultraman story like you've never yeah. seen before. Yeah. The best. Uh, let's see. So. 2010 was Big Tit Zombies. 2009 was a series called Element Hunters. Mm. And then it was a couple of years till 2014 where he did Ginga S. And the year right after that, he did X and then he did the Ginga S movie. So it was around that time. He had been out of the game for a little bit. You know, he does Elemental Hunters. He's like, you know what? I got one more in me. I know yeah. I can do it. It's going to hit me in Big Titty Zombies. There we go. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> this is what the people want. <laughs> this is what the people need. <laughs> I'll leave the people with big tit zombies. <laughs> oh, it's grand. It's truly yeah. grand. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing with killer pussy, man. Like, again, even though I was complaining at first, I'm like, there's too much boobage in this movie. But like, <laughs> looking back on it, it's like, well, duh. Like, of course, parasite killer pussy. Yeah, exactly. Um, But man, yeah, what an experience. Like, (laughs) but here's the thing is like, I know my followers. Like when I show people Faust, that's a troll movie for them. But Mm -hmm. like this one, listen, you guys are not ready for this. If you're still like struggling with Faust, like you are not ready for killer pussy. Someday you might be, but right now you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Except for you, William, you're entirely ready for killer pussy. (laughs) And it's funny because I feel like that had been a talking point between me and William for at least a year or two. So Mm. we've, we've kind of come full circle. Well, no, us coming full circle would be all three of us watching this in discord one night. Yeah. Just yeah. so it, it like it completes the transition of course. Like talking about the parasite or the movie. Who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> I, I would like to add one little fact here for anybody listening to this. Who's like totally Jones in to own a copy of sexual parasite killer pussy. There is a copy on sale on Amazon. No kidding. For a hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, that's that's the catch, man. I you almost had me. You almost had me. Well, <laughs> but like you could do a ten dollar a month uh, payment plan if you want to. Because <laughs> there is a ten dollar and five cent month for tw- ten dollars and five cents for twelve months. So you can physically own. <laughs> 
the absolute groundbreaking, <laughs> earth-shattering cinematic tale of yeah. sexual parasite. Well, I mean, that it has to be, man. Like I've seen uh, now that I've seen Killer Pussy, mm-hmm. but without subtitles, I kind of need it on DVD. I need to know what the dialogue is, man. Like I need to know what's happening. Like that's oh, the thing. My God, the DVD has English subtitles on it. <gasps> okay. Wow. I'm gonna need yeah. you, like I'm gonna need you to take a take one for the team on this one. It's got English subtitles, dude. It's an all-region disc. This is probably all the regions? same thing. Probably. I mean, I, I have a 4K player, so that's region-free already, so it wouldn't matter. But like, dude, I mean, look, this is, this is it. This is the sign. <laughs> this is the sign. No, look. Here's the thing. Even yeah. if we had no idea that there was a, a, one available on Amazon right now. I'd still say I want to own this in the collection because absolutely, it's killer pussy, man. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's so funny. Like it's such a funny. It like immediately when you had suggested, like, can we do killer pussy? I knew something special was afoot. Like, <laughs> like I could, I could feel it in my bones, man. I was just like, oh boy, we're this is we're gonna, gonna be, be one of those. We're gonna see something special here. Um, <laughs> can I but just? No, can, please go ahead. Can I just uh, quote what I said on Letterbox when yes. I, I I reviewed this for the sake of just letting the people who dare follow me know that I've watched such a thing? Yeah, please. So I gave it three and a half stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it a couple days after Christmas in 2021, <laughs> <laughs> and. I said, I've watched this movie more than I care to admit. Not for the nudity, not for how bad it is, not for the hilariously poor attempt at horror or anything else this ended up being. But just for the fact that someone, anyone, will text me, call me, DM me, FaceTime me as I'm watching this, and I get to say, give me a minute, I'm watching Sexual Parasite Killer Pussy, and I get to hear the befuddled confusion with a mixture of silence and concern, and every <laughs> single time, it gets funnier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I had a similar thing with my review when I recently reviewed it, because I, obviously, everybody knows, I edit for James, aka Schaeferless Productions. Shout out. And, and so... I get so when and he follows me on Letterboxd and so I do get an influx of followers occasionally just being like, oh, James follows this Hal guy. Let me follow him to see if he watches the same things he James does. And look, I love James. He's a very good friend of mine. He's very nice, but Mm. he does not watch the same movies me and William watch. Um, (laughs) If he does, that's because me and William are being little trollsters and forcing him to watch them. Um, But like, I just fills me with so much joy thinking of the idea of somebody finding James being like, I'm a huge fan of James on letterbox. Oh, Hey, who's this Hal character? Let me follow him and see the kinds of movies he watches. And then they watch, and then they find a review of mine on the movie sexual parasite. And it just, I, I just think that's the funniest thing. Just Shay Frillis <laughs> fans finding Killer Pussy and being like, what the heck is this? <laughs> like, I saw your review pop up and yeah. I was like so hoping that <laughs> there would be something 
completely just like wow i just saw this yeah <laughs> and i saw your review and i commented on it i'm like i i thought it was obvious i'm so sorry but <laughs> yeah. since then i've been getting like notifications and everything and i see somebody actually tracked it down and watched yeah. it on internet archive yeah yeah <laughs> it's like this suggestion is just taking off something yeah. that i said so many months ago it's like it's getting to people now yeah and, i mean i know for a fact I know for a fact James would never in a million years talk about something like this. No, but never. for the greater public to know of this true cinematic coup, this this <laughs> this thing, I, I'm running out of phrases here. But for the greater public to know about this movie and experience it for what it is, that would bring me just nothing but joy. Oh, truly, yeah. truly, it would get, bring me nothing but joy. It's the same thing with Faust for me. Like, mm. as, I want as many people as possible to know of Faust. And if they do dare watch it, that would be even funnier. Like, the amount of reactions I see when people are like, oh, this is Faust. Oh, that scene is in Faust. I'm like, yes, that scene is in Faust. <laughs> like, it never gets old. <laughs> like, it's always funny to hear the reaction. Let me know, Faust. What, what What's going on? What's going on with Faust? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, Rob, did you not hear the good word of Faust, love of the damned? <laughs> love of the damned, you say? Oh, Rob, you would love Faust, love of the damned. <laughs> All right, so, so I looked it up on Letterboxd, and it looks like 25 cents spawn. I am here for it. Oh, do well. So technically, just not to get confused, Faust mm -hmm. did come out a little a couple years before Spawn did the the comic because it is based off of a comic. Obviously, the movie Faust: Love of the Damned came out a couple years after the Spawn movie, so oh. I understand the confusion. But technically, Faust did come first. Um, but oh. obviously, Spawn was the more popular character. Yeah, but like that's pretty obvious because Faust is straight up porn at times so you can kind of see why spawn was the more popular one <laughs> <laughs> is there is there a website or a service that i can track down in order to watch this uh possibly the first time i ever watched faust was on youtube <laughs> funnily enough uh dear god what year was it <laughs> Uh, last year, <laughs> but it's no longer there anymore, unfortunately. No! Uh, I, I know, I know. YouTube finally was just like... I can buy like, or rent it on YouTube. There's that. You can. You can. It's, you, you might be able to. <laughs> I'm not saying you should, but I am. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, I just saw a screenshot and I'm totally in. Oh, I dude. feel like I'm going to be aghast. Oh, when, when you do, watch it with mine and Mordo's commentary, because we did a commentary on it, and listen to our episode on it, which was episode 69, a couple episodes ago. <laughs> so, you did that on purpose, didn't you? <laughs> oh, we did it on mega purpose. We definitely <laughs> did. <laughs> I love it. I love so. it. I'm, I'm watching this, and it's all your fault. That's Excellent. Okay. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfectly okay. I made you watch Sexual Parasite Killer yeah. Pussy. So, full circle. <laughs> full circle. Like a vagina. Whoa. <laughs> a little more ovular there. Ov yeah. Ov ov oval. oval. F full oval, we'll say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. yes. Rob, yeah. anything else you have to say about Killer Pussy? Arrow video, get on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
please, please. I will pay the 85 to 90 pound it would take to get a collector's edition of this and just have the box be the giant killer vagina mouth. I'm, <laughs> I'm begging you. Uh, Arrow, hear my plea. Er, yeah. Who did you recommend to me? Um, vinegar, vinegar syndrome. syndrome. Oh, vinegar syndrome would probably do this. Look, again, like I said in the Faust episode, I would love a vinegar syndrome of Faust. And if they're, and if they, like, I don't know if it has to do, the reason they haven't done one yet is because of licensing or whatnot, like the rights or whatever, but it's like, they can't, they can't argue morality because they already did a 4K of Showgirls. Like, sky's the limit once you've made a 4K of Showgirls, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> so please yeah that add that to the list after faust make a killer pussy 4k vinegar syndrome please seriously <laughs> I, like vinegar syndrome you don't gotta pay me or nothing i will yeah. do a video review of it i will could i will do like i will talk it up yeah i will make it the talk of the town on my youtube channel if i i will i will gladly. watch it again we'll we'll do another episode of the of the podcast if they do ever do a 4k release of killer pussy i will buy it immediately and do another episode of the podcast just for that like i am so down absolutely so so very down yeah <laughs> <laughs> because why not <laughs> why not we, 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 we've opened the floodgates so uh, to speak Let's just let it happen at this point. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> well, Rob, if there's nothing else to talk about with the movies, I'd say mm. it's time to wrap things up. So, now is the time, Rob, where you shout out your stuff. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, not X, as at ShinRobJira. You can find me at ShinRobJira on Instagram as well. Um... And of course, you can follow. You can find me on YouTube, also at ShinRobJira. I talk about Godzilla on the regular, mostly figures, not so much the movies. Gamera, Ultraman, Jurassic Park, Evangelion, Transformers, random stuff, whatever have you. Metroid, especially. I love Metroid. And uh, yeah, if you liked even a little bit of my humor commentary here, just picture that, but a little bit safer and about toys. Mm, nice. And uh, you said you have a letterbox. Do you want to plug that? Oh, yeah. You can find me as well. Yeah. Shinrob Jira. Um, yeah. Shinrob Jira letterbox. Does Shinrob, uh, wow. Does Shinrob Jira use ads? Does letterbox use ads? I don't know, actually. Probably not. I, I don't know. But like, yeah, just uh, I mean, all your all your cool. links will be in the description for sure. Um, yeah, I'll be sure to put them all there. Uh, you can enjoy my groundbreaking review of Five Nights at Freddy's that describes it as indescribably funny. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was indescribably funny when they went to Nebraska, man. So. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> fucking, not to quote Williams review on it, but fucking Nebraska. <laughs> fuck Nebraska. Either of the two. <laughs> Listen, when me, William, and Mordo watched the Five Nights at Freddy's movie and we realized Nebraska was a reoccurring theme in that movie, we were flabbergasted. We were like, <laughs> what the fuck? We thought the MatPat cameo would be the weirdest thing we'd come across in that movie. <laughs> like, Nope, it was Nebraska and it was building a fort with killer animatronics. <laughs> but that's just a food theory. Oh my God. They <laughs> Honestly, though, they really had to. They had no, to. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised in the slightest. You can't have Matt Pat in a movie and and not have him say something like, "But that's just a theory, a yeah. breakfast theory." <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, classic. Surely to go down in the history books alongside Killer Pussy. Oh, um. definitely. Especially with how it's performing right now. Jeez. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, anyway, Rob, yes. Thank you so much for coming on today's episode to talk about my cousin Vinny and Killer Pussy. Right? I, I had so much fun. I'm so glad we could finally do this after yeah. all of the delays and everything. All the delays. But you know what? It it was all well worth it. It was the it was worth the delays. I'm glad we finally did this. Me too. So, I'm glad I can yeah. indoctrinate another person into the world <laughs> of watching a movie called Killer Pussy. The the, the cult of pussy, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sequel. That's ooh, it right there. Ooh, very good. Yeah, Takeo Nakano, hit us up. We got a sequel. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks so much for coming on. It was a joy. Um, I had a lot of fun. I did. And thank you, the listener, for listening to today's episode. If you want to support the show, give a like, give a comment. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or on YouTube. That's fine, too. Doesn't matter. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for watching. And always remember, were those magic grits? <laughs> Oh, my God.